0: Kate! Mary! You binge watch your average Netflix show and you just want to talk to someone about it. We need to talk to someone about
1: Louie. We need to talk to someone about Louie. Mary Folling. We have some very serious stuff to discuss. And uh, we are today discussing fancy restaurant, and oh. I'm I'm just going to say right up front, I have three problems with this episode. Oh, the beginning, romance, 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 no, the beginning, <laughs> the middle, and the end. <laughs> no. no, it's really not all bad, but like, I just, oh, uh, am I the only one that can't? watch this episode without just internally feeling like their insides are being crushed. Like it just. Uh, oh. I think we probably should say uh, for
0: the record, the first time you did watch this episode, your insides were technically <laughs> being crushed uh, yes. because little Joe was still on the inside. And he was
1: really- think not that little. <laughs> like he. Was- Encouraged the vomitousness that you felt. <laughs> yeah, just, uh, I mean, we'll get to it, but. There's so much about this episode that just makes me wince and, I mean, I lo- there's quite a few really nice take-home messages and things, but does that outweigh just the disgustingness of it all? And you know what? I actually think maybe that I'm a bit triggered by this episode because I'm going to make a, a bold confession, Mary. I'm pretty terrible when it comes to romance and, Ooh. and I feel seen. I don't believe it. No, I'm terrible. Um, Like last last year for Tim's birthday, which coincidentally was this week, by the way, um, we went to Ludo on his birthday. (laughs) (laughs) That was very romantic for us. Very romantic for us. But uh, I was like, here, honey, mind our two kids for a few hours while we just go and have fun on your birthday.
0: (laughs) We know all about romance. Well, maybe you could teach your dad about that. Outrageous. Yeah. Look, you know, uh, romance no should be forced. To bring dates <laughs> on the calendar. It should spring forth. Like, oh, no, I don't even know what I'm saying because I just don't know where <laughs> romance comes from. And yeah, I think Chilli and Bandit are absolutely in the same boat in this episode. <laughs> um I've got to just say this is the first episode for me where I have dreamt about the podcast and woken up in a cold sweat. Oh, my gosh. Tell me more. I, I have to tell you because I need to get it off my chest early in this episode. We've been leading up to recording this for quite a while, so I've had it on my mind and just not quite getting there. But my cold sweat moment was I dreamt we recorded it and I forgot to mention the missed opportunity of having a lady in the tramp spaghetti moment oh, and that yeah. was my like wake up sit up bolt upright in bed and go oh my god how did I not mention that so I'm mentioning it Ludo where was my lady in the tramp spaghetti
1: moment <laughs> it's a bit hard to do that with a baked bean to be fair or
0: a- what else was in that food? Anyway, we'll oh, get to it. But, yeah, we'll, we'll get to it. I, yeah, we'll... I can see why it didn't happen, but it, it doesn't make me happier. <laughs> <laughs> that was a big one.
1: Charming. Okay, so Aww. this episode starts very adorably with... Uh, what, bandit cutting his toenails on the couch? Oh, I had forgotten that bit, oh. yeah. No, oh, I was no. thinking
0: adorable Bingo and Bluey coming in with their mum, dad no. romance. Mum, could you and dad smoochy kiss?
1: Yep, not so fast. Why do you want us to smoochy kiss?
0: Because we like it. Yeah, it's very romantic.
1: No, all I could think about was bandits saying, ooh, that was a big one. And, like, <laughs> like, like, if you're at that stage in your relationship, there's a whole level of mystery that has just disappeared completely, yeah, I, wow, that is, I I just am so
0: entrenched in that stage of the relationship. I didn't know there were other stages, I think.
1: <laughs> you know, at least have a bit of distance from your partner when you're doing that, you know, because the flick factor would be high, really. I mean... <laughs> You know, and not
0: oh, even, I, I think if, if you're doing it in the lounge room, you're clearly intending to vacuum immediately afterwards,
1: which could be romantic.
0: So <laughs> if you're not, then you're sacked.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think, um, yeah, if you don't have the Dyson out very soon after chopping off your toenails, that's just, yeah, grounds for divorce, I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, let's hope Bandit and Chili are still together in
0: next season. Obviously, even if uh, Bandit and Chili are struggling in that department, the girls have plenty of lofty ideas about where uh, what romance might involve. Um, specifically, uh, smoochy kiss. <laughs> yes, I-, I love the line. Um, where did you learn that word? TV. Because yeah, that's romance is not uh, not a concept I've had to ask that question about in our house. <laughs> and there's a lot of other words that I have had to ask the question about,
1: and the answer <laughs> is usually uh, from you. So, <laughs> oh really? To be fair, sometimes I think a four-year-old and a six-year-old would know more about romance than probably <laughs> what, what I do. I know my niece Rose is extremely romantic, and she's six. Yeah, she's got this whole Miss Havisham vibe going on at the moment. Like, with, like, you know, she's Ooh. wandering around in dainty dresses and pearls and very dramatic. Yeah, she was going through my jewelry box the other day and found my engagement ring. And because she, she was going through and like finding old Anzac Day brooches and stuff, and like, oh, can I have uh-huh. that one? And I was like, sure you can, Rose. And she found my engagement ring and she was like, can I have that one? I was like, no. <laughs> uh, no. Let's <Nice> try. Let's <laughs> nice try. But um, no, not that one. That one's a little bit more special. But then we were talking about romance when we got married and stuff like that, which is always sort of, it's nice to hark back to the, the early days, pre-kids. Yeah, or like, you know, I don't even need romance. I'd settle for going out
0: to dinner, which is uh, where the girls take this episode. <laughs> yeah, let's teach dad. We can set up the restaurant restaurant. Yeah. But yeah, I guess everyone's probably a bit, well, actually everyone in Victoria is probably a bit starved for going out for dinner lately, but um, obviously a bit more doable within the healer household. Uh, Much like... um, sleepover the the restaurant setup instantly gets a velvet curtain at
1: the front (laughs) of it yeah and I'm all about it really I mean surely yeah the the amount of use this getting is this a decor feature that we should have considered for a long time (laughs) maybe I'm I'm still just waiting to see one in an op shop and I'm
0: going to snap it up.
1: Yeah. Well, it has um, to be, it has to be like a crushed, you know, scarlet velveteen. Yeah. Or something oh, like. they, they only
0: come in scarlet, I assume. <laughs> um, but
1: yeah. They're amazing. <laughs> I just love um, the moment where Blue is like, are you husband and wife? And they have the completely different answers.
0: Hello. Welcome to the fancy restaurant. Are you husband and wife? Yes, we are. No, we aren't. This is our first date. We met five minutes ago.
1: Very good. A few years ago on ABC, there was a great series called It's a Date. Um, And one of the episodes had uh, comedian Peter Hellyer and Australian screen queen Lisa McCune and okay uh, I don't know if you ever saw it but um in the oh, episode it's ringing bells actually yeah so yeah. it was like it was comedy kind of drama yeah so like in this particular it was like every episode had different people going on a, a date and in mm-hmm. this particular episode you believe that it's um two people having a date for the first time and maybe there's even sort of like whispers that it's like an affair, but then mm-hmm. it kind of all unravels and it, it's like they're a long married couple and they were trying to spice up their relationship by <laughs> 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 like pretending uh, that they were on like a, on a first date. So, yeah, uh, I definitely got those vibes through this whole sequence because much like um, Bandit and Chili, their date just falls apart. <laughs> I have, of course, taken you to the fanciest restaurant in town. Bye,
0: bang! Oh, dear. Not yet, Chef Go. It, it really does really fast. I suspect um, it might have something to do with the persona that Bandit decides to go for with this game. Um... Romeo McFlurish.
1: If ever there was a name that you would swipe the way that, you know, rejects people on Tinder. (laughs) Yeah, which which way is that? Uh, I've been accepting people all this time. Um. (laughs) Oh, yeah, we've been out of the game far too long. I always, like, (laughs) seriously, Mary, if anything ever happened to Tim, I would just be completely lost. I have no idea what to do. I I feel like it was a fluke that I got such a lovely husband in the first place we met when we were very (laughs) young and and seriously I wouldn't have a clue you know Tim came home the other day and was telling me because he's got like a um a master's student with him in his job at the moment and they were talking about the youth of today and like Mm -hmm. we're not we're not really that old but apparently now because you know In the early 2000s it was all about going to a bar or a pub and if a handsome stranger caught your eye, you might try and go and start a conversation. And this person was like, no, 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 that's weird. Like if you go out now, (laughs) like you would be – the weird, horrible person, you know, that's trying to hit on people who are just out with their friends. Like there is no mingling of groups apparently anymore. And I was very surprised by this because I was like, well, how do, how do people meet? And it's all through apps. And I was just like, Romeo wow. McFlourish is a total Tinder-like name really, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you are definitely going to get ghosted by Romeo McFlourish. Oh.
0: Uh, Yeah, look, you know, it always felt weird bailing up randoms with uh, the hope of uh, romance back in our day. But, uh, yeah, I've got to say I don't think technology makes it any less weird. But, you know, romance is weird. Let's just settle that here and now. But um, (laughs) I do feel that um, the the intersection of technology into all those kind of um, all our sort of social interactions does I've keep noticing lately where you know how that thing on Twitter where something is happening, a thread, and it'll be like a third person watching something happen in front of them, like, oh. you know, the couple arguing on the next table and yes, they'll I like love them. You know, oh well so yeah, I mean, risky. if you started chatting someone up at a bar, would there be a third person watching and going, oh, my gosh, the most awkward person in the world, just talk to someone they don't know, a thread. <laughs> I'm totally and, here
1: yeah. for that thread. If I saw that come up on my Twitter feed, I'd be like, I am glued to this. Um, there was a great-
0: well, in this episode, it would be, oh, my gosh, guys, a guy who is apparently called Romeo McFlourish is at the next table, a thread. <laughs> Um, I am furious but also not surprised on Chili's behalf that um, she doesn't get a name in this game and I think that's probably one of the places where the romance died. Um, (laughs) I think if Bandit had inquired about her name, well, no, he did ask her what's her name again and she was just too furious to tell him. Um, But, yeah, probably uh, establishing the name early on probably would have been a step in the right direction.
1: So... Has the romance started yet? Very soon, my darling. Uh, what's your name again? Oh, super smooth.
0: <sighs> that yeah. said, in this episode, Chili, uh, you know, Bandit admits that it has been a while and Chili has to agree that she's a bit out of practice as well. I think that's pretty well demonstrated when she decides to go to the bathroom and Chili points her towards the corner where she proceeds to act out. In full view, taking a dump.
1: Oh, the the bit that gets me is the weird little foot stamp halfway through. <laughs> like, what is that? Is that oh, is that like that something's crawling m- on the floor <laughs> and I'm stepping on it? it oh my god! Yes, no, it can't
0: be that. Bandit's taken her to the fanciest restaurant in town.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um. So on Tim and I's first date, which was a um the Esplanade Hotel in Melbourne great venue it's like a it's now very hipster cool because they redid it but at the time it was a little bit smelly um and very like vibe of you know early 2000s um and yeah he walked me straight into the men's loos accidentally because <laughs> we were trying to get to the kitchen out the back and walking down, oh. walking down this dingy corridor and like this is our first date and I was like Something doesn't smell. Right. <laughs> oh, and, man, and imagine if it was the kitchen—you'd just never eat again. Well, yeah. And the other thing I was thinking, like, because you know, I'd only just met the guy. You know, again, out the other the week before. Yeah, like, you <laughs> know, At a public first place. Yeah, and so I was thinking, oh my god, is he trying to try this on early? You know, but like. <laughs> but, why would you have, yeah, just the whole idea of like going to the toilet in front of your partner anyway is a bit weird and then, yeah. <laughs> well. Well, I mean, when you get to a certain point in your relationship, it's less weird, but it's still a little bit weird when you think about it and especially like, I don't know, I just, I have a boundary there. <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> and, and like if that wasn't enough, then we have to put up with MIDI keyboard bluey. <laughs> Tell me more about your
0: stuff. No. My discomfort from this episode 100% comes from Bluey's soundtrack on the um, toy electric midi guitar. It is,
1: is – <laughs> is it a guitar? Is it a keytar? Anyway, whatever feel like it is. I it's a keytar. It, it is yeah. horrible. Oh, it's just – and it's out of tune and it's such – like um, We should talk about the music actually briefly, Mare, because it is a beautiful piece by Antonio Vivaldi. Um, now, the other week when we were talking about um, bingo, we were talking about the classical era and how – You know, it was sort of a time where more and more people were able to access music because instruments were cheaper and printing presses could print music and um, that's why Mozart sort of took off and was massive because he would create these catchy tunes that people wanted to learn how to play and they were generally quite um, uh, easy to sort of follow um, because he just had that knack of composing really memorable ditties. Back when Vivaldi was around in 1723, um, that was Mm -hmm. the height of the Baroque era and because um, he was a virtuoso violinist, like there was really only a couple of options for you if you wanted to be involved in music. You could be part of the church, or you could get a um, a place at like a royal court, having favor with like a king or an emperor or a, yeah. Um, yeah. And um, that's why a lot of the baroque music, like Bach, um, there's so many amazing examples of like it's just. Um, Incredibly complicated um, riffs, and um, you know, would put any musician, you know, fingers flying around the keys uh, to to try and um, match. And mm-hmm. um, Vivaldi actually became a priest in the Roman Catholic Church to um, be able to be a violin master at a con- really? yes at a convent for illegitimate girls. Um- <laughs> Oh, wow. In Venice. Okay. Yeah. And, I mean, he was com- regarded as one of the greatest Baroque composers um, up there with Bach and Handel and Corelli and Purcell. But he actually ended up dying in poverty because he met Emperor um, Charles uh, from Vienna and he uh-huh. thought, ooh, I've got favour with the emperor. I'm going to leave the church, go to Austria. Um, But as soon as he moved to Vienna, the emperor died. And because he didn't have favour with the next guy, um, he died in poverty like a year later. So, oh my gosh. Yeah. So, uh, times,
0: although I still have questions about the illegitimate girls and where the. Ill- uh, anyway, yeah. Poor Vivaldi. Uh, <laughs> poor Vivaldi.
1: It's yeah, very beautiful. <laughs> it's very, very beautiful. So, um, this piece is um, one of the Four Seasons. The Four Seasons was um, quite groundbreaking for the time because. Um, it was four violin concertos, and each concerto was meant to depict one of the four seasons so there 's spring winter um, autumn summer, um, <laughs> the other seasons, yes, yeah, the other ones um, and and it was sort of considered, oh my goodness, how amazing that someone 's you know reflecting the, the colours of the landscape in this music. Um, but uh, even though it was very popular at the time, a lot of the music just went um, when he left the church and was never heard of again. So we had some success in Venice, but it was really only revived um, in the 20th century. So there you ah, go. Yeah. That's a, that is a long time to not be around and then get revived. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh. And one of his other pieces, um, Stubbart Mater, um, was in Talented Mr. Ripley, apparently. So, yeah. Okay. um, I feel like the four seasons get wheeled out for so many
0: things. Um, Yeah,
1: now they do. Obviously,
0: Joff used it um, so much in this one that, that Vivaldi got the credit. In the end credits, he gets named um, as it gets named as Joff Bush and Vivaldi. But I, I, still don't understand the system because obviously, like from back in the first season when it was um, Beethoven in Bike, it, he was credited as Ludwig. Ludwig. Um, obviously, Joff isn't on a first name basis with Antonio, <laughs> uh, or maybe there's multiple Antonios. I just I don't understand why. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I don't understand anything really about this whole episode. <laughs> you know, like just why is he cutting nails on the couch? Why is he Antonio <laughs> yeah. or Vivaldi? You know, it's like. So those nails. Oh, just, you uh. know, like why Why do they let the kids loose in the actual fridge? That's okay, the main, well- Oh. Wow, so beautiful. I made it special. You use real
0: food. Is that special? Yeah okay so that's where this episode goes sitting down at their fancy restaurant uh with maitre d bluey it's bingo in the kitchen and um bingo chef bingo is only offering baked beans for dinner and a lot of shouting is involved in getting those baked beans to the table so um yeah not very romance i think everyone agrees pretty quickly but do you think like do you think that Bandit and Chili suspect Bingo's next move is going to be going to the actual fridge.
1: No, no. From the look on their face, I really think that they were like, ooh, we were not prepared for this particular moment. And
0: here's your special
1: dinner.
0: Wow. That is... Special. Our chef made this especially for you. Oh, you shouldn't have.
1: Here you go, madam.
0: We've discussed the weird fridge habits of this family before as well. And, um, yeah, the the mix of things she was able to find in the fridge. Like, what is in this concoction?
1: Well, who, eats, who eats whole jelly, for starters? Like, where <laughs> who makes jelly? Does any, isn't this I'm something that was left the in candy. the 80s? Like, I know it's a – yeah. So – you- do you
0: make, we jelly? make jelly? Really? Because yeah, the kids are pretty keen on eating jelly and it's a special treat. Um, so we do make it, but we never make it in jelly moulds and much less do we flip it out and then leave it in the <laughs> fridge. Um, like how do you cover that? Like, oh, just, yeah, the mind boggles. <laughs> but no, if you just make your jelly in your thing and scoop it out, like it's not, uh, I don't know, what the is about really? Like what was all the moulded food for? But. <laughs> Anyway, jelly is still delicious if you're a two to four year old. So, um, jelly does exist in our house. I'm yes. I'm really not convinced that the jelly is. Is very exciting as well.
1: Really, I see, jelly oh I just find weird. It's like you know, it looks like something, and then you put it in your mouth, and it's kind of nothing but flavor. Yeah, it's definitely well, it's not nothing. It's sugar and coloring, but um, no, and no. Some but it's like a weird texture, and it's like sort of. I don't know. Uh. I don't like the. You know how Master Chef they're always going on about the wobble of things. I'm not about the wobble. Like I just. No, yeah, I did like, not know that. But You know, mm. the wobble of a panna cotta or something, and they get really excited. Oh, look at the wobble. It's like, no. Well, no, I think if you'd ever tried to
0: dismount a panna cotta, like a wobble is better than a smush, and um, <laughs> perhaps that's what they're excited about. But, yeah, no. Nah. Like having smushed a panna cotta, never again, and much like the jelly, it can just stay in the bloody mould. Mmm, <laughs> so good. You can't just eat it, pretend. Yeah, you have to eat it for real life.
1: Oh. So it's- what else is in this concoction, to get back to your original um Sausages. There's definitely mm, some yeah. mash. There's some gherkins. There's spaghetti. Um, there's strawberry. But the thing that I don't understand, Mary, okay, so the, Bingo brings out this special meal with real food that she's made and Bandit gallantly suggests that he will swap his dinner with chili in um, this move which is considerably romantic, we could argue. Um, Oh, Mm -hmm. there's a bit of sandwich in there randomly, stuck (laughs) into the jelly. What I don't understand is why Bandit feels the need to scoop jelly and spaghetti and, like, an olive all in the same mouthful. Why not just... (laughs) Like at least attempt to separate the savoury from the sweet. You know, like there was good Uh, food there. You could probably eat the sausages and the mash bit first, go for the sandwich and then maybe like work your way up to sort of like wipe the jelly a little bit and then go for your dessert.
0: Yeah, and and you don't have to finish everything on your plate as well. Like how long did he sit there to finish that? But I think he is – so gallant in this particular uh, move protecting Chile from the horrible concoction that I think perhaps he's even being a bit gallant towards bingo and uh, honouring the intention of the chef-slash-artist um, <laughs> and eating it in the way that she prepared it.
1: To romance.
0: Oh, it's oh, great. You have to finish it. Oh, Okay. So, yeah, I think that's that's noble, but, uh, yeah, every no good deed goes unpunished as we discover.
1: Oh, it's just, and I think this is a bit of the episode that I struggle the most with even now that I'm not pregnant to watch. Like, it just, yeah, it was literally making me, like, feel bilious, I guess, when I first saw this. <laughs> And even now, I just, I just get that horrible feeling at the back of my throat watching him like devour mouthful after mouthful of this horrible concoction of gherkins and jelly and strawberries and, and yeah, just weirdness. And watching him get greener and greener, and the girls yeah, are getting I, more delighted every bite. A deal breaker, definitely. Oh. Like- oh. I regularly uh, will finish
0: up a meal that my kids haven't quite gotten there with. Um, and it's, yeah, look, my standards have definitely slipped as a parent for what I'm prepared <laughs> to consume. Um, but, yeah, this, this is definitely pushing the boundaries. And the fact he's visibly ill at the end of this episode is – is not a good selling point, but it does provide the moment of a uh, reciprocated romance. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like dessert? Uh, no, I mean, uh, this was such a special evening. I feel like taking a moonlit
1: stroll with my new love. they holding hands. We've talked about this before, Mary, on the podcast, um, but The Five Love Languages, uh, it's a book by Gary Chapman from like 1992. But for those who aren't familiar, uh, he contends that um, people naturally give love in the way that they prefer to receive love and you can better communicate with your partner if you understand the way that they like to receive love. So there's like five different love languages. It's like words of affirmation, quality time, gift-giving, acts of service, and physical touch. And this is 100% act of service. Yeah. So, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I guess the girls wanted to see um, physical touch as being the, yep. the love language. Um, and who knows what Julie's main one is. I'm guessing it's probably, I don't know, what would you put her down as? I'd, I'd go quality no. time maybe. Um, um, but Yeah. Probably plant giving, I'd say. If Bandit <laughs> came home with another succulent
0: for her, she'd. Uh, that would be straight to her heart. Yes, but
1: I uh, just like it's so, uh, they do touch on a, a very valid point, I guess, in their conversation, which is that when you have small children, it is really, really hard to keep um, romance, and it's very easy to forget how to do the romance. So. <laughs>
0: There's no romance coming, is there?
1: Ugh, no, I'm sorry. I may have forgotten how to be romance. Well, I have to. It's not easy when you're tired all the time. Yeah, and when you get interrupted every five...
0: The girls are satisfied finally, though, when uh, Bandit needs to um, make it to the lawn to look at the moon, <laughs> as Chili says. Classic. Um... And yeah, get get the uh, concoction back out of his system. I was thinking about, um, you know, it never gets mentioned the fact that he's vomiting. You don't really see it; you just see um, Chili patting his back, which is the universal language for uh, sympathy for a for an upchuck. Um, but you hear that but, last little gag right at the end, which is just, is just like, like oh, horrifying. No. But, you know, as, you know, no one wants to be the vomiter in the moment, but there is a lot of comedy around that. Like the fact, you know, Australian slang includes the technicolor yawn for a uh, vomit, you know, spew, a chunder. Um, I wondered if this could almost get a McFlourish into that lexicon. Like <laughs> next time I'm gonna, having a chuck, I'm going to be like, oh, that was a McFlurish.
1: <laughs> right. Uh, okay. I don't know if it's a <laughs> All right, next time we're hitting the booze, I will remember to remind you of that at some point. I'm sure I
0: would appreciate it in the moment, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just another one to have in the back pocket.
1: <laughs> the name's Romeo Flourish.
0: Mm, Romeo. Nope, never heard of you. Oh. I think that's the the long and the short of that plot. Uh, long dog alert in this episode. Um. Uh, very dressed for fancy dinner long dog, is behind the space hopper um, in the toy room. Um, Do you
1: know what a space hopper is, Kate? Uh, I'm guessing it's like from Romper Room in the 1980s. Did you ever watch Romper Room?
0: did watch romper room with the doobie um yeah it's like a ball yeah. with
1: like little things that you hold on to right yeah, and like, yeah that's yeah, what it is yeah.
0: and um you can now get one of those in the bluey toy range so Ooh. is this yet again uh product placement in bluey that preempts what you can actually buy who knows
1: mm, yes well i'm um, gonna go with yes <laughs> genius ludo genius um evil genius so many things that we can spend all our money on um i know the socials have been going nuts because recently bluey homewares launched in australia and people have been very eagerly putting together their tables and letting their kids sleep in their little airbeds and things like that so um yeah some very delighted young kids uh, with all the bluey merch at the moment (laughs) And yeah, it's it's still going crazy, although a lot of
0: complaint as well, because um, we've both got a fair bit of the figurine merch, um, but you can now get like a lot of the friends in figurine form as well. But mm. it just seems like every... Every figurine pack you buy, you're going to get doubles if you buy multiple packs. So the friends come with Bluey and Bingo, but chances are you've already got the family with Bluey and Bingo, and then if you get the slide, it comes with just Bluey or the swing or whatever. Um, So, yeah, the result is a lot of extra figurines, which personally I
1: probably wouldn't be complaining about. But uh, I'm I'm definitely not complaining because those (laughs) things are small and small things Mm. Like, Will lost his little bluey, the uh, no, bingo figurine from the family pack, I think it was, and, um, yeah, we had waterworks for about no. two hours until we found it under a leaf in the backyard. So, you know, like, they're small. Like, I would have quite liked to, um, I did consider busting out an extra pack that I've got hidden up in the top of the cupboard. <laughs> Just to like try and placate him, but then uh, I was like, "Oh no, don't don't give in because then it's more small things to lose, and no doubt he'll know the difference." So
0: uh, it's a vicious cycle, but um, but yes, the there's there's starting to be a movement of uh bluey figurine hacks <laughs> things you can do with the spare ones. Um, I've seen them as like shelf um or as drawer handles, uh, which looked interesting and yeah lots of various other things i think the most important thing is having a set to put on cakes which yes. uh we did recently for your birthday kate and true um it yes always that that family just were made to be on cakes i think
1: yeah it's um yeah they're very stand upable in in <laughs> in icing so it was yeah. good
0: I think we might be up to mailbag, Kate. Oh. And back to my uh, podcast, Dreaming, we heard from Jennifer in Brisbane who's just discovered us and said she fell asleep listening the other night and had a dream uh, that you and I were hosting a live Bluey Marathon uh, commentating on the episodes as they played in some like great arena spectacular, uh, which sounds wow. like my dream as well. <laughs> like <laughs> what a world! That just sounds perfect. Uh, so whoever needs us to do that, that would be great. And thanks, Jennifer, for bringing it to our attention that this could be our dream career just waiting to happen.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm. I, literally a dream career. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: And just quickly as well, um, regular correspondent Madonna in Adelaide, who is formerly of Brisbane, um, has been in touch um, with an amazing email about Sleepy Time. I think we've decided that Sleepy Time is going to be our last episode for this season that Mm. we recap because – Much like Ludo, how can we possibly follow talking about sleeping time with anything else? Mm. Um, So, yeah, look, we're not going to get into her very special uh, sleepy time content, but we will talk about it when we get there. I think that's going to be such a crowdsourced uh, episode because everyone's got so much to say about sleepy time. But um, a small point from sleepy time that Madonna had was um, why – do the healers sleep with their windows open in Queensland, insect capital of the world? And so many makes bugs. A good point. <laughs> so, so many, many like, bugs, yeah, screens. Where, like why? Are, you know, you see the dust particles floating around Bingo's head in that
1: episode, but why isn't it just swarms of insects? Um, Those little nichey things. Those little annoying, just, like little. I don't even know what they yeah, are. Like tiny little.
0: Curse of yeah. beautiful one day perfect the next that uh insects really like perfect weather and yeah queensland is full of them <laughs> I don't know if, when we moved to Gladstone, um i moved up there after age and he'd already found the house and when he ring, rang me to tell me oh you know i've I found the perfect well not the perfect place but he rang me to say oh i've found a place it's all sorted um it's on a hill so there'll be less mosquitoes <laughs> I'm like
1: oh, oh, this, oh this just sounds like a dream thank you oh, um that was really selling yeah. you the Queensland thing <laughs> yeah that there, was right?
0: that was the hard sell on uh the delights of Gladstone and yet you um, still went, yes, Madonna we agree um but <laughs> who knows perhaps perhaps dogs aren't as uh affected by insects as human? I've as, got one word for you, Mary. Ticks.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Okay. So Actually, nah, three knows. words for you. Ticks, worms, fleas. <laughs> and costopedes. <laughs> and they and <laughs> They're definitely affected by insects. I feel like this is a this is a hole in the bluey narrative. But you uh-huh. know <laughs> um, but yes, keep Keep your
0: uh, big questions about the Blueyverse coming. Um, there was another great
1: chat. Sorry, um, I just love that we're discussing the implausibility of um, windows <laughs> without bugs and not questioning talking dogs.
0: <laughs> well, on that topic, um, one more uh, piece of correspondence from um, another regular correspondent, um, Raymond in Melbourne, um, off the back of our bingo episode, um, because in bingo, they obviously talk about the map of the world and the fact New Zealand and Australia are on it. Um, he wondered, is that the first time a real-world country gets acknowledged in uh, the Blueyverse? Hmm. Um, worked out pretty quickly it's not everywhere from Mogadishu to Egypt to um, India. all sorts of places, heaps of places were suggested anyway. But uh, the reason Raymond was asking was because um, – yeah. Raymond says, um, my point is it's not going to be long until someone theorizes that the blue universe is set in the same universe as ours. And the timeline is just after humanity is wiped out and the canines have <laughs> evolved. Hang on. Is that someone me? <laughs> not, yeah, I think, I think it's you Raymond, but, um, many people, um, then jumped on that conversation on our Instagram page <laughs> and, um, yeah look, there is a lot to uh, explore and unpack there so uh, I think <laughs> we'll leave that for another episode but yeah look it's it's not beyond the realms of possibility there's I'm sure there's lots of alternate timelines ticking along all around us and dogs talking probably in many of them.
1: Wow. <laughs> <Do you> think- <laughs> Okay, um, so moving right along.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, um, one really quick, we know that now as well, which is uh, just a personal, like I have noticed that now, um, but also back to bingo the other week. I meant to say when we recapped it, did you notice when she's hiding in the cupboard, they've um, drawn like a, a height measure on one of the doors and like oh. have obviously measured the girls, you know, like how that, you know, that was a thing, I guess, when we were growing up, you'd get measured against a, a door frame or something like that and track how tall you were getting. Yeah. Yeah. So I've, I've always lived in rentals. So, um, we've never done that with the boys and it's something I've always wanted to do. And when I saw it, I was like, oh, genius. Like if you do it on a cupboard, then you just take the cupboard with you and you move and you still got that, you know, recorded. But, um, Really only works if your children are as short as dogs because they generally get taller than cupboards, I guess, is the only <laughs> problem. So, um, and then I saw uh, one of those like Facebook shareable hacks of uh, someone had kind of whited out a tape measure. Like you pull out the tape measure, you oh. kind of, um, and then you just record like measure it up against the kid and almost like Mary Poppins style record where they're up to oh, on a that. certain day. and then very much as tall as a child and you can take it with you so yes I love um, that idea yeah so I thought that was pretty cool um and yeah a bit more accessible than a cupboard so thanks for the nearly life hack uh Ludo but yeah I'm going with the tape measure one <laughs>
1: Yeah, and I wonder if we can put, you know, extremely stubborn and suspicious, you know, next to random, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that just
0: describes everyone in our family, actually. Yeah. yeah. One day we'll be practically perfect in every way.
1: <laughs> One day. Oh this mm. has been fun, Mary. And um, you know, I think there's nothing more romantic than um back to acts of service. My husband has um had the football on mute so we could podcast. Which <laughs> that is an act of service. That is so that romance. is an act of high love. So um so romance and yeah. Um <laughs> if tell Tim any, tell we won't go to Ludo on his birthday this year. <laughs> Um, I did do well the year before, though, because you know I think out of all the romantic things that parents can say to each other, probably the number one is "I've organised a babysitter, let's get out oh, of here." Yeah. So you know that was the year before. It could happen again one day. It could happen again, but you know we'll we'll wait and we'll wait and see. Last time that happened, you know, um, we welcomed Joe nine months later. So. <laughs> That is very romantic. (laughs) (laughs) That was a lot of information. (laughs) If you want to share your romantic um, uh, moves with us, endeavours, (laughs) um, feel free. You can contact us on Instagram. We are at BluePod on twitter we are at bluey podcast on facebook look up got to be Down" the bluey podcast or at bluey pod Uh, you can email us too it's blueypod at gmail.com and please remember to rate and review if you like what we do on itunes or wherever you get your podcasts that would
0: be so romance. Um, Kate, it's always lovely and romantic
1: chatting to you. Um, and we'll be back doing it next week. I'm <laughs> so glad that this is done. Like, really, like, let's just never, never talk of fancy restaurant ever again, please. That would be so romance.
0: Okay. But it's she kiss. But she is rubbing his
1: back. Yeah, that's the romance.